Welcome everybody to Haven of Horror. I'm Subject A79. We've got Doolittle back with us again. And of course, the Day Ghost. Good to see you, buddy. How's it uh, going, guys? Not too bad. We just recorded our 28 Days Later review, of course. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, I did not get a chance to see 28 Days Later, but I'm sure it's great. Here to talk about, of course, the original Scream. Can you guys believe it's been 25 years? Yes, but only because I was like 12 when I saw Scream for the first time. So, like for me, it had already been out for a long time. I wasn't even born, so. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, y'all making me feel old. Well, I don't know where it is, but uh, I have I got my steelbook in today for the 25th anniversary. If I find yeah, it, yeah. I'll show it. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I don't own any of these movies, so I should work on that. Very hard to find. Unless you settle for the, like, crappy, you know, $5 Blu-rays that look like shit. (laughs) So, Austin, since since you are, this is the main review you're doing tonight, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about Scream and just kind of your thoughts on this movie. Do I have to make my description for Scream meta? Yes. (laughs) Um, no, Scream is just, like, a movie about horror films, and just, you know, it's a satire on the slasher genre, and especially, you know, it came out at a time where the slashers kind of started very big, and then kind of all went to shit, uh, slowly over time, so, yeah, it just did that. that Yeah, it both parodies slashers and kind of boils it down and goes back to basics and brings back Wes Craven who didn't really want to do it because he didn't want to do more horror but they convinced him and then he did three more (laughs) and was going to do more yeah he was going to do five and six when four came out yeah so Austin I guess the to start at the beginning, because like you said, this movie very much satires slashers, but also brings them back to the basics, because a lot of slashers got too big, too quick. We had to fill in every inch of backstory we could for characters that didn't need a backstory. Uh, looking at you, Freddy's dead, and every Michael Myers sequel ever. Uh, <laughs> I think starting with three, every Nightmare film after that, does something with his backstory, no? No, only three, five, and six. Okay. See, four and five are the same movie in my head. <laughs> no. Me too. Um, yeah. So this was obviously a very nice change. And we didn't really, other than maybe like, obviously the Freddy films and like Friday 6, a lot of slashers didn't have any kind of humor to them. And arguably almost none of them were as well written as this movie. Um. So, but oh, I got sidetracked from my original question because I don't think we've ever had just a talking with this. How do you feel overall about the slasher genre in terms of where you rank it in horror subgenres? I don't really know how I rank subgenres of horror, to be honest, but I don't know. I like slashers. Like, and obviously, you know, it's movie for movie, but I mean, that's just any genre, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've never actually like stopped and been like, okay, how would I rank different subgenres of horror? Okay. 
I feel like slashers are probably what I watch the most, question mark. (laughs) Hey, me too. So, like, for me, slashers are probably my number one, because we talk about this, but you know me, I'm a big fan of Jason, Freddy, Leatherface, kind of Michael. Um, But we'll get into that tomorrow. So, Doolittle, how do you Mm. feel about the slasher genre in ranking of their subgenres? Uh... I feel like slasher genre is a genre I've come to appreciate appreciate more uh, throughout uh, like recent years, like well, kind of like this year and like last year, kind of going through revisiting a lot of these movies and kind of understanding and appreciating them for what they are and 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 kind of what they're trying to do, you know, because uh, sometimes like. You either have, like, slashers that are, like, really fun, like, popcorn flicks where, you know, you root for Jason in the same way you root for Godzilla, you know? There's just this unstoppable, just, like, beast, but you, like, you're having fun with it. Or it's something like Halloween where it's, like, a modern-day fairy tale, and I feel like that's the stuff that I really respond to the most is when it really is, um, you know trying to not be artful um although i think the original halloween's pretty artful in a lot of ways but uh really kind of getting at the bare kind of uh core of uh a lot of those kind of older fairy tale like narratives and stories and using and, and 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 using dream logic of those stories and the brutality and revisiting that and and, and saying something with with a lot of that stuff a, a lot of that stuff as, as a fan of a lot of grim fairy tales is really cool to see and i also like giallo's a lot um i i think that giallo genre uh in italian cinema is really cool a lot of the stuff is like proto slasher so i guess i'm a more of a proto slasher guy you know um but uh a lot of the giallos are really because it's like a lot of it's about like politics which is cool and 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 the, the dark underbelly of society so there's a little bit of that noir kind of element to it as well i'd be really long-winded um but uh, i i really like uh i like the sasha genre it's not my favorite favorite but like i've come to appreciate a lot of the movies and a lot of them have become like some of my favorite horror movies so i'd say it's like uh right smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. i definitely agree with the um like proto slasher thing too uh because obviously you know that's the stuff where it's just people making movies and then slowly you get people just kind of work in the formula which is any genre really at the end of the day Absolutely. yeah um, it just depends yeah. on how craft like artistic they are about it like i would argue yes i am aware that friday the 13th is like trash and that's the appeal but i'd argue yeah. you get some movies like part six and part four that have some artistic like they wanted to do this you know what i mean especially part six like he he thought a lot about how Jason would be as a zombie and kind of set the stage for nobody gives a shit anymore. He's a zombie. We can do whatever we want. Uh, But anyway, back to Scream. Yeah. The other thing with this movie is that while also being a slasher, it's also a murder mystery movie, which most of those aren't, Uh, which, but it kind of takes it back to, in a way, again, with proto slashers, like that black Christmas thing. Cause that's also, you know, a uh, mystery. So, Winston, what's your favorite mm-hmm. scary movie? 
Medea Boo <laughs> Halloween Who? So let me ask you guys this then, because obviously uh, my working theory, of course, is that the slashers are very much the 80s version of the Universal Monsters. Um, That's fair. Like you could say, I think there's an argument to make Jason is an 80s version of Frankenstein. Uh, Michael would be, I don't know. I, I didn't think this through entirely, but I think it works like <laughs> those were the horror movies we were making at the time of the monster movies, right? Right, Would you yeah. say that Ghostface is a slasher icon? Well, yeah, of course. Even though Probably. it's different people? Yeah, because it's the same mask and it's... Well, I mean, in terms of, like, different people, you can make arguments about... Jason's basically a different person each movie <laughs> until, like, six. But... Um, you got, you know, like the phone voice and stuff is the same actor across them. And like I said, the costume is the same. Yeah. No, absolutely. So let's, let's start at the beginning of of this movie. One of the best, if not the best openings to a slasher or horror movie ever. It is really Um, good. It's just so good. Yeah. Well, and, um, wow. But Drew Barrymore was supposed to be the lead too. Like she was the one that was like, "No, I want to be the uh, character at the start." Well, and that's and also I think like, another oh, way shit, to kind of do that. <laughs> well, and and to your point, Austin, I think that's another way it kind of takes it back. Uh, going back to Psycho, I haven't seen that movie yet, which will be changing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but the whole thing with that movie, right, is that the most famous person dies, like. But most in. famous because I don't really know what Janet Lee was doing around that time, but she's the protagonist. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Because I feel like that's something you would have done with like a an old school slasher, right? Like proto slasher. Get somebody more, who used to be famous. It's more like the Nightmare on Elm Street Tina thing, but if Tina died like forty five minutes in or something like uh-huh. that, that makes sense. Um. And the um, the phone call thing is really cool because that's uh, it's it's that's kind of like taking like like kind of um, Mario Bava Black Sabbath you know uh, there's a story I think uh, in the copy I had it's it's uh, one of the first stories the one on Shutter um, it's the telephone um, where um, there's a stalker stalking a woman and. He keeps calling her and asking uh, questions, and as as this the the film goes on, the story goes on and unfolds. It gets more and more disturbing, uh, and and intense. Uh, that's this is definitely paying homage to that, but in a way that it's it's also satirizing um, slasher movie cliches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, there's a quote from John Carpenter about how. Uh, horror is very much of the time it's made and that you know when you make a horror movie you're looking at the like what the culture fears at, like any given time and i think scream also fits into that perfectly where it's like right in that middle ground of there's a lot more wireless phones and stuff but we haven't had caller id yet oh yeah <laughs> it like fits perfectly into that window <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I remember that period vaguely, but I remember it. Yeah, because it's a similar thing with Jaws, where people became f- afraid of the water, you know, and and sharks. 
um, now, you know, here we're afraid of not knowing who's on the other side of, of the phone. And mm-hmm. I think part of the brilliance of Scream as well is up until maybe nowadays, like modern day, there's always going to be something terrifying about just answering the phone and somebody don't know, right? Like, you don't know what that person, what kind of person that's going to be. What yeah, I mean, I don't, calls? yeah. I only get spam calls, so. <laughs> well, that's why I said up to, like, modern day. But even, I feel like, 10 years ago, you know, yeah. you answer the phone to someone you don't know, that could be potentially a ghost face situation. Uh, they probably wouldn't be, but, you know, it, it's it's a timeless kind of uh, thing. Absolutely. And the voice helps tremendously. Uh, what's that guy's name? I don't know off the top of my head, but it definitely makes it. Roger Jackson, that's it. That's right, yeah. So, uh, one of my final, favorite final girls in the slasher subgenre, because of course, even in a satire, we have to keep that trope. Uh, Sydney Prescott. How do you guys feel about Sydney? I mean, she's <laughs> probably one of the better ones. Yeah, she's pretty good. Mm hmm. Uh, I think Ned Campbell does a really good job. Mm -hmm. And Scream's also different in that it's got, like, the three people that, like, track. They have, like, a trinity. Which they keep teasing us that one of them's gonna die, I think, in every sequel. And then they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It'll Uh, be in five. I'm I'm guessing. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end because I don't know if we've actually talked about it. But um, do you have a favorite of the of the I guess trio? It's probably Sydney. Yeah, probably probably Sydney. I'm going to say Sydney. Um, just but I do like how they all grow. Like they grow and change. Because uh, I don't feel like Gail is the same in like say Scream Four as she is in Scream One. You know. Mm-hmm. But they keep rebooting the Gale and Dewey relationship with each movie. <laughs> well, I assume, like, I assume they won't even be together in this in this new one. I think we already know that. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's consistent. That's true. <laughs> we only have one thing for these characters to do, so they're just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> so, I guess we'll. We'll also talk about the the mask, of course, became very iconic. I feel like a lot of stuff in this movie was instantly just like, that's going to become iconic. What do you guys think about the mask? I mean, the mask, more than anything else, is just a mask that was in a store. Like, it's not like a custom thing that they clearly made. <laughs> you know, whoever, like, sells those masks has got to be loving the fact that they randomly just sold one one day to the people making Scream. <laughs> Yeah. And it looks cheap um, too, like in a good way. Yeah. The um I guess there's some parallels too of Michael Myers cuz that was the William Shatner mask. Um, you know, it's taking that but it's pushing that to its most logical extreme where now it isn't just like a random like Halloween mask, like now it's like this is like a common Halloween costume that you can just buy off the store shelves or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of interesting. 
to draw those parallels once again. Yeah, because it's just it's the screamer mask uh, from the painting. Oh, yep. of course, I forgot about that. Yep. And and I think that makes the killer seem smarter too. Um, which we'll get to the killers in a minute because I think that I think that's what also helps propel this movie is they the whole cast I think is good, but do you guys think there's any weak links? No, I don't think so. Austin trying to think. have an opinion. No, I, I, I can't think of one either. Not really. It's a really, it's a pretty well-rounded cast, I'd say. You know, I have to say, my, in here. Yeah, I think my favorite character in this movie, as much as I love Sydney, at least based on my last reading, is split between either Jamie Kennedy's character or Matthew Lillard. Because they're both so good in this movie. Yeah. I guess I'm, like, kind of indifferent on not Johnny Depp. Like, out of any <laughs> other actor, I guess. <laughs> if I had to pick a weakling, maybe him. I don't know. That's fair, that's fair. I could um, see that, because his character is just kind of like... It's a mystery, but it's also kind of obvious that he's not right. Like... His first line of dialogue is that he saw The Exorcist and thought of his girlfriend. Well, yeah, and he's always just, like, out of breath, like a pervert. (laughs) (laughs) So, Austin, do you often watch The Exorcist and think of uh, your crushes? Yeah. When we watched it the other day, I was thinking about it. I figured figured you were. Mm -hmm. Specifically on the cross scene. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Well, sorry, um if you unsubscribe for that comment, I'll completely understand. But uh So we we got the trio. Um we got Rose McGowan before she went crazy. Uh oh, I'm gonna get canceled for saying that, aren't I? Um we got Matthew well, no, Lillard. You're just wrong. She was always crazy. Oh, uh, was she? No. Yeah. She was in like two things that I know of. Um, what what um, what is some of your favorite stuff in this movie, Austin? Um, I don't. Know, it's just it's got like a rapid pace. Like every time I watch it, they get to the house, and I'm like, oh. We're already here. <laughs> it's insane how fast this goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's very classic. Like, yeah. What about you, Doolittle? Any anything in particular stand out about this to you? <clears throat> well, I definitely do like a lot of the meta commentary for sure. Um, I think, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know. I think the stuff with uh, Courtney Cox's character and uh, and Sydney was really strong, um, for sure. And kind of having that build up to the climax, obviously, was really cool. Um, and I also really, you know, a lot of the kind of iconic lines in this movie, but you know, the formula scene uh, was hilarious. You know, um, Matthew Lillard going "I'll be right back," you know, was really funny as well. Like. There's really like there's fun moments like that where I'm like yeah like this is this is funny and like 
it's a cool movie to see during Halloween season for sure. Um, you know, turn around, Jamie. What's up? This turn around, Jamie. That's probably my favorite meta joke. Um, That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's like the only reason he was cast. <laughs> See, I, I thought yeah. that was the only reason they picked Halloween. Oh, you gotta pick Halloween. <laughs> Obviously, you have yeah. to though. I mean, it's a slasher parody. You could pick any. No, but it literally every single slasher after Halloween is just Halloween. <laughs> you have to do Halloween. No, yeah, that, I mean, and Kelly, Kevin Williamson was like mentioned that Halloween was like a very specific slasher he was looking at while writing this. So if that makes sense. Oh, okay. There's a. I haven't yeah. literally looked into the behind the scenes of this movie, but that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. We talked about some of the jokes. We talked about the characters. Oh, the most important part of this movie. How do you guys feel the mystery plays out? I mean, it's like really obvious with the the boyfriend character. Yeah. And then Matthew Lillard, I guess, not as much, but... I love that Matthew Lillard's only like motivation is peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie this movie made me realize that Matthew Lillard is my pick for the Green Goblin. He would um, be I, awesome I, I, in that role. Like both like ironically and unironically because he's absolutely wonderful in this movie. Like he's great. He uh, doesn't see him get cursed out by an animated Green Goblin like he did with Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I thought the mystery was pretty obvious, but I also didn't have an issue with that, because, like, I don't know. Like, like it, it is kind of like a whodunit, but, like, it also, it's not necessarily about, like, that's, like, the framing device, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's more like, or no, it's that's the framework that this movie is working on, but it's not necessarily about that stuff, you know? So I, I didn't have a huge I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, that's too obvious, like, he, it can't be him, right? Yeah. So I wonder for some people it's that, it's so obvious that they end up, like, being wrong because they think it's too obvious. Because um, it plays like a red herring, they're really trying, really trying you to be, trying to get you to be like, oh, well, obviously it's that guy, and then it just <laughs> is. All right, so we're running out of time here, so we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Um, Austin, I did want to ask you because this is another thing we haven't really talked about, and I thought it would fit in since we're talking about a Wes Craven uh, film. Where does Wes Craven fit in on your horror director? I don't know if I would say uh, ranking, but maybe list. I'm he's not my favorite horror director, but I like Wes Craven. What about you, Doolittle? Where where does he fit in on your list, we'll say? If I have a list, uh, probably, like, I don't even know. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> like probably, like, smack dab in the middle once again. Um, yeah. he, he is good, uh, for sure, and a lot of his movies, um, that, that I've seen, I, I have liked. 
Um, but I wouldn't say he's like. I mean, he he's like a master of horror, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, like that's like he's important. Um, but like, I don't know. There's there's other directors who I like a little bit more than than him. You know. That's fair. This is yeah. this is where Austin uh, never comes on the show again. I like Wes Craven <laughs> more than more than John Carpenter. Oh, interesting. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that asshole. Oh boy. <laughs> Hello. I knew you were going to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. John Carpenter is also a genius. But I like, I think I like Nightmare and Scream and People on the Last House, on, or not Last House on the Left, I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, people Under the Stairs, a little hope bit not. more. <laughs> what do you mean you hope not? It's the Last House on the Left is just like pure, the like grindhouse. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? It's a rough watch. <laughs> well, but like, it's like not, well, it's, it's also like not fun. No, like, it's just like it's pure sleaze, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think I've discovered I like sleaze more than you do. And and uh, I'm a Rob Zombie fan. I am a Rob Zombie fan. There you go. Um. So before, well, we'll we'll do our ratings first. Uh, I'm gonna give this a five out of five. This is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, I think it, everything about give it is a four. Time. Alright, Doolittle, what about what about you? I'm gonna give it a four. You fucking assholes. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sure kidding. if uh oh well. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um so the last thing we're gonna do is I guess is a kind of like an epilogue. Doolittle and I talked about this a little bit while we were waiting for Austin. Uh but I wanted to get Austin's thoughts on Scream Five and if if they don't have anything to satire, could it be could it be still be a good decent flick if it's a good like Who Done It movie? Uh, my opinion on Scream Five is why uh, <laughs> it's I don't know I have no real interest in Scream Five. Okay, that's it's just I don't know. It feels like oh Halloween made money. Make another scream. <laughs> the, I would agree with that, but they've had this. They've been kicking this around since Scream Four came out. Well, they've been talking about making another movie since Scream Four came out. I don't know about the specific one, and also like Wes Craven's dead. Um, I don't know if Kevin Williamson's working on it. He Either is way, involved, but not as a writer. Yeah, like, it's just, I don't know, like, I I very much have, like, a who cares kind of mentality with that movie. And, like, the trailer was just kind of, like, whatever. I don't know. And oh, calling sweet. it Scream is just... I don't like that it's just called Scream. I get it. But I, I was telling Doolittle this. I got a little excited at seeing Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox on screen together again. And I think it's maybe just because I like those characters so much. Um, I hope it's good, but I'm not like... I think the biggest thing that I'm anticipating is I like those directors. Uh, they did that movie Ready or Not, which is wonderful. If you haven't seen it yet, you should watch it. And I know it's on Disney Plus there. 
unlike a Serbian film. It it is also here. <laughs> but those are the two things I think it has going for it is I like those characters enough that even if it's even a fraction as well written as the other movies, it could still be good and it's got competent directors. You know what I mean? But I don't know, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I also I don't I don't know if they've done enough for me to be like have faith just because those directors are on <laughs> there's just there's too many movies that come out like that where I'm like oh like they made this good movie I'm excited and then it comes out and it's like complete horse shit <laughs> that's also fair I don't know and the other way around too yeah you never know with Hollywood mm-hmm. I uh I don't know if but as if you were interested in Scream 5, as a, just as a what if, if it isn't a satire like the others, but it is still a good murder mystery, do you think that could still save it? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know that any of the Scream movies are actually like really good murder mystery films as much as they're just more so like satire. But, like, if they somehow managed to, like, get over that and, like, crafted a really good mystery, maybe? I think two and four's mystery is pretty good. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. They're not, like, bad mysteries. It's just kind of, like, just kind of there. But you would be okay with a screen without the satire? I don't really see the point. That is like, also completely That fair. is the entire drive of, like, what Scream is. Yeah, that is also fair. I'm I'm torn on it, you know. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Uh, Austin, we've got to, at some point, got to get together before the year is over to do a Scream commentary. Uh, 25th anniversary. We also got to do that Halloween commentary we were, we were talking about. Got to stop being on so many YouTube channels, buddy. Focus on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm all over the place. I have, like, yeah. no time anymore. <laughs> but uh, that is going to be it for us, folks. If you haven't seen this movie, highly recommend it. Thanks, guys, for hanging out, and we'll talk at you later. Yep. Yeah, see you.